four-year starter for us. And also Darius Bradwell, he's the MVP of the, the Cure Bowl game, running back for us, had 150 yards that game. But also Darius Bradwell, he's the MVP of the Jordan Johnson, Cure Bowl game, running back for us, had 150 yards that year ago. Three fine young men. them by weekend. Had multiple. Jordan Johnson was a guy that was a captain for us a year ago. Selected him by weekend and uh, had multiple weeks where he was a captain. Uh, Three-year starter at center for us and an all-conference member. Gabe Davis, a uh, wide receiver, all-conference uh, wide receiver a year ago. And uh, from the defensive side of the ball, Richie Grant, uh, who's on a bunch of preseason award list. Yeah, so Jovan Fair, uh, a guard for us. Uh, Sean Bradley, linebacker for us. Chappelle Russell, linebacker for us. And then Isaiah Wright, uh, wide receiver and return specialist for us. Uh, we brought two young men, uh, Fort Higgins, uh, probably one of the better centers that we've had. Our team captain was also recently voted as the captains of captains at the United States Naval Academy, which is a pretty big honor in school with, with you know, a ton of leaders there. And also our defense tackle, Marcus Edwards from Tucson, Arizona. We want to keep this uh, an open conversation and not just one, two, three, and four. Um, I'm just going to open this with a question, and anybody who wants can take it. If you had a one idea to enhance the safety of this game, what would you like okay, to see? Can you get mic on? Anybody want to grab that? I, I definitely feel like I'm going in the right direction. Changed a lot of the rules for the safety of the student athletes. Okay, can you get this mic on? Coaches have bought into I, I definitely feel no, I think some of the rules today were talking about too a lot of the rules for the safety of the student and, athletes. Uh, I think all the coaches have bought into it. And, uh, and no, I think some that we did yesterday were talking about to uh, U.S. football and uh, you know in regards to tackling and blocking and the proper way to do it. You know, with the college coaches and even the NFL coaches. You know, Part I think about, but I don't really know. Different uh, uh, entities uh, really helps the sport out tremendously. And I think for me, I guess it's been kind of a little bit. I think the one I th part I think about, but I don't really know the answer yet, so how to do it, but just kick off. And I think for me, I guess it's been kind of a little bit personal because my son is on special teams at a Division One school, and so my text messages to him every day: make sure you keep your head up, you know, what I mean, and eyes up. Just uh, all the concussions, all the major injuries have been on that team, you know. How can we do it, but how can you start the game? And there's been a lot of different discussions on how to do it. I don't think anybody's really figured it out, but that's the one part that I think it's pretty violent. You got guys running at 40 yards, full set. Would you like to see the kickoff eliminated? If you could if you could figure out a way that you could start it. And I don't exactly know that. I know been guys talk about doing a pun or certain things. I know it's a big part of the game. It's exciting. But just talking about the safety of the game, that's the one thing I think it was just kick off. But I do. Yeah, I, you know, I think we've done so many things, like Coach said, uh, to make the game safer. I don't want to see the kickoff go, but I do understand the rate of injury that, you know, listen, numbers are numbers, right? And you have to address that uh, as we go. And the NFF done, has done a great job addressing those numbers. And so we'll take a look at it and see. I, I don't have an answer for you, Vern. I'm not smart enough to know that yet, so I'll let that to better minds. Uh, targeting. The targeting rule is, is it difficult to administer? Uh, are you satisfied with the way the targeting rule is being interpreted right now? Use it this year and then their ability to. Well, I, I think it would be interesting.
interesting to see how the, the changes and in, in how replay uh, uh, views it this year and then their ability to uh, to have to make a, an exact call on it versus just confirming what was on the field. Uh, I think that has an opportunity for us to make it more right uh, for uh, for some of the kids and, uh, and making the right call uh, at the right time. missed the first half of our championship game. Yeah, we had a kid uh, at Northern last year um, go out on a call that I believe, and he missed the first half of our championship game, uh, down a call that I believe, under the rules now, he would have been reinstated, um, or it would have been eliminated right there. And uh, really, that it impacted that game. It was a, a big third down, and it also impacted our first half. So I'm excited for the rules. Um, I think we still got a ways to go to get this right. You know, what are exactly yeah, I agree, like what Willie said, I think there's some things in the right direction. I think we're not just administering, but just trying to coach it. You know, what are exact things and trying to coach it. I think we're all trying to figure that out. Well, we've gotten better. I think all of us have gotten better at it just because of the discussion that's happening. Uh, Mike and I, Nancy and Sharon had dinner last night. We were chatting about possible coaches of questions, and he said he wanted me to ask not only you four, but the next eight about the coach's ability to call a timeout at end of game kicking situations. Uh, Mike is a proponent of doing away with that uh, opportunity you have. Uh, he's the I have no problems with the way it's, it's playing out. It's, it's forcing the coach to make a decision, and, and uh, uh, at the end of the day, it provides a little bit of controversy at the end of the, the game as well. You know, so I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with it either. You know, one thing uh, I would like to see with our rules is uniformity from the NFL on down. It's in need of all of us high schools and colleges and the NFL all played by the same field markings. The, same rules, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, that, that is uh, a lot of gamesmanship involved with that, but uh, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I can remember 30 no. years ago when you I was to reserve that right. Ice the guy. I can remember 30 years ago when I was doing the Dallas Cowboys on radio, and Tech Shram was a very big part of the NFL Rules Committee, and he said. We've got to use replay because it's there and it will be involved in the telecast. Let's embrace it. Has replay had a proper place in the administration of college football? Too much? Too little? No, the only thing, the only problem I think we have is the length of the game sometimes and how long it takes to decide whether it should be overturned or not overturned. But I think it's great for the ball game. It gives an opportunity for the officials you know, to get it right. And, you know, things happen so quickly. It's a tough game to call. Do they take too long? Yeah, they probably do, but I'd rather have it this way than the NFL way where you got to throw a flag. I like our rule better than the NFL. Uh, they look at everything or should be looking at everything. And you can kind of finagle a timeout if you need to to get them to take an extra peek without a challenge. So I like ours a little bit better. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way. Get it right. You know, there's no perfect system. You know, you'd obviously like it quicker, but I'd rather get it right. We had an occasion. One of the more famous finishes to a football game ever. Alabama. Uh, Alabama-Auburn.
Trump shoot is coming. Which is a uh, and, and and even further, how do you do the? Uh, how about you guys? The backup defender and women's volleyball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is a better analogy. Uh, yeah. All the student athletes and our athletic how about you guys? We possibly can. Uh, I think it's our duty to, to continue to provide the best uh, experience uh, to all the student athletes in our athletic departments that we possibly can. I think you you look over the last two decades, we've continued to make strides. Um, it's going to continue to change. It's going to continue to evolve. I don't have the answer right now sitting up here, um, but uh, I think we're going to continue to, to do right by the, the student athletes. You know, I worry about, you know, how would a guy promote himself to, to get more business so he can sell more things. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden you, you, you've got, a, you know, 100 guys doing that, trying to. Loaded question. Uh, among others. I just I find the right way to do it. have too much influence in college athletics? Loaded question. Uh, do shoe companies have too much influence in college yeah, athletics? Like shoe contracts, Vern. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Probably stunned. I mean, money silence. Right? You follow. We them. all have shoe contracts, Vern. I know that. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Probably. I mean, money's money, right? You follow the money. You follow the power. Obviously, with that, that's probably true in all walks of life, but certainly in ours. It's a tough question. It is. I mean, a lot of benefits, yeah. you know, that have come to our game through yeah, them. Shoot. Obviously, with that, there have been some other things that are not so good. But, uh, you know, shoe companies are... It's a tough question. Uh, it is what it is, right? Can you continue to yeah. enhance the uh, game? Josh, any? Enhance the, the collegiate... I, I think whether it's, uh, you know, shoe companies or television uh, revenue, uh, we've continued to enhance the game, which has enhanced the, the collegiate experience for, for student-athletes. Is it perfect? No, but... Uh, uh, it's certainly continuing to make it better for them. Uh, this is a real world. Should every student athlete who enters a university have a realistic expectation of graduation for five years? Prior to leaving the institution. I think so. I think that's our number one goal as coaches. Let's make sure our guys get their degree. I think as you look at the numbers, schools are doing a good job with the numbers from Guys are graduating, guys are graduate students, going on and getting their masters. I mean, I think schools are doing a good job with that. I think that that yeah, no, is, the numbers from the NFL, that card that we had, yeah, so we're sitting out here, the numbers bear it. So numbers bear expectations. So um, uh, I think that that is exactly where we should be. Okay, guys, we're, we're keeping it brief this year. Uh, I appreciate it. Kenny, Rod, Josh, Willie, uh, continue to set you and he. There's 11 no record this year. No pressure. I got no. Ken and I are old friends, and he he was kind enough to introduce me at the Washington Touchdown Club function in April. And he said, "All I know is that when Vern was doing Army Navy, we were nine and one. Once he retired, we're zero and two. So it's not my fault." Very, very much. Okay, well, like it, like to have it. Um, they're not, they're not
on the oh, on, on the yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, this was very informative. So well, I think this is better. Round table, they have like some they, like they have these roundtables um, are year after year with the American the Conference call, because the, um, look. Uh, it gets, the, it gets their opinions so out there, and, um, this, um, and, and, and it's in the public. So I think it's very good that we have these roundtables. So uh, let's go ahead and go to um, part two of the American Conference Media and, um, Days. Um, they have four coaches the on these um, so panels, so let's go ahead and um, so play um, let's go ahead and round go to, um, second two of the American episode. They have four coaches on these um, panels. Uh, so I'll begin let's go with ahead the same and, um, question we asked the first four, round, um, second, uh, 25, 30 episode. minutes ago. Uh, the players. You have one. Uh, I'll begin with the same question we asked the first four, uh, 25, 30 minutes ago. You have one concept. That you uh, if you had one idea or is this game to enhance the safety of this game, and it's on everybody's mind. I think we're always uh, to Do you have one concept that you would like to see applied, or is this game as safe as it can be? If I probably could say, I don't know if we can. I think we're always trying to do that. I mean, you know, tackling is the big thing that everyone's talking about, and removing the head from tackling, which we do. But if I probably could say, I don't know if we could actually do it, but you know, I'm always looking to try to help the big guys. You know, I don't know that we always focus on the big guys, but I think we can get rid of cutting, which obviously is not going to happen, but uh, just be more conscious of, of things like that because, you know, they're big, they're guys too, and, and we need them every bit as much as we need, you know, defenseless players and quarterbacks and things like that. But uh, I think we're doing a good job, a great job uh, in football of trying to make it safer. Uh, I just think we got to continue to focus on as we continue to grow. And what other ways are there? Well, yeah, I think it's all about the education, and that's one thing that uh, you, NCAA, you know, all of our institutions have really had a, had a great push over the last few years of educating the student athletes. Um, you know, the, the emphasis of, of taking the taking the head out of the game. You know, with with the head head to head contact. Uh, you know, some of the, the new rules and, and regulations. You know, obviously we all want to see that um, you know officiated and, and uh, you know implied the right way. But it, it's you you can tell the the growth that we have. And, and the, uh, the, I think the game is as safe as it's been in, in, uh, in a long time. And, you know, I'm excited about the further growth of, of what we're going to do with it, you know, through that educational aspect. We talk about the yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Um, as you look at it, the, the safety of our student athletes is the most important part of it. And we talk about the game element of it. I think you also got to reflect that back to your practice side of it and what you're doing there sure that the drills that we're using. You know, talking to USA Football yesterday and, and the amount of education that we're giving younger teaching the, the tackling aspect of it. Um, you know, talking to USA Football yesterday and, and the amount of education that we're giving our younger players and our young coaches that are out there, I think that's a huge part of this continuing to change and evolve and, and make us an even safer game. You know, I think uh, everybody's kind of hit on a lot of the key ones, and Luke mentioned the one that came to, to my mind most immediately was, you know, continuing to work the evolution of the cup lock uh, within the rules. Uh, but I do think that what Philip just mentioned right there is probably the number one thing, and that's you know, making sure our coaches, not only at the college level, but at that lower high school, youth league, uh, that we're teaching proper technique, that we're really establishing strong fundamentals, uh, and if we are truly working to take the head out of the game, 
is this trying to attacking techniques to make sure that's being taught at a younger age that we have a better chance of having stronger habits when they get to us? Is this game officiated? Oh, but I think as the, well as competition. Do you want to see improvements in officiating techniques? The organization and, and how. Oh, but I think the UR conference, you know, this, this past year, um, you know, there was a change in the, you know, the, the organization and, and how uh, the group that was leading are, are officiating. And I think that we made great, uh, uh, it was a great en enhancement to, to the, uh, to the uh, consistency of it and uh, you know, the way that, that we're uniform and what we're asking our officials to do. Uh, you always want to see improvement. And I think that's that's one thing that, that, that I'm excited about is that you see everybody takes ownership in that improvement and at our head coaches' meetings, um, you know, to, 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 to see and, and hear the uh, the focus of where they're trying to grow and some of the rules that have come across to, to, to the NCAA with uh, you know, the review of targeting and things like that. It's, uh, you know, we're all in this together. Everybody wants to do their put their best foot forward. Uh, but, but I'm excited about where the Americans heading and, and, and the group that we have leading our, our officiating. I uh, thought we took a, a big... Yeah, I don't know if that was a trick question or not. I mean, I think we all want improvement, right? But I, I love the direction that we're going with our officiating right now. Uh, I thought we took a, a big step in the right direction last year. Um, I want to coach better. I want my players to play better. And I want officials to officiate better. I think we, we're all on the same page. Um, wanting the same thing. We know we're not going to get it right every time. Uh, we want to make sure that we get those calls that are obvious and they jump out at you, um, you know, we know we're going to miss a holding here. We're going to miss this there. Um, but get the big ones and, and continue to be up front about when we miss things. You know, when I, when I make a bad call, I'm going to be up front about it. When they make a bad call, let's, let's be up front about it. And I think when you do that, uh, you have an opportunity to be on the same page and that relationship to continue to grow. Is it possible to interpret the targeting rule properly? Or is it always going to be controversial? I think it's going to be better with the changes made this year. I think giving uh, the replay booth more authority is a positive move. Uh, and so I do think that you're going to see it applied more correctly this year. Um, but I think uh, you know, with everything, you, we're going to continue to evolve. We're going to continue to look at things. Uh, you know, my big concern this year is the blindside block rule and how consistently can that be enforced week to week. You know, because what you don't want as coaches is it's enforced one way, one week, a different way the next week. Uh, because you know, we've got to know how to teach our players uh, properly. Is that just a matter of a difference in officiating crews and the makeup of, of those crews? You know, it's my first year in the league, so okay. I've, I've, I haven't experienced this conference, but I think what we all want is we all want consistency week to week. You know, no matter what crew you get, uh, you want the game officiated as closely uh, the same way as possible. Well, yeah, I think it's always going to be difficult to determine the targeting because we all see it through a different lens. If it's my kid, sometimes as much as we want to be objective, we see it through a different lens. Now, if it's your guy getting hit, you see it a little bit through a different lens, which obviously the official sees it through a different lens. So I don't think it's um, ever going to be like, well, this is the simple way to do it. Obviously, there's ones that are really easy. There's ones that are very difficult. The thing I would like to have uh, is ultimately we've got the young men in mind. Obviously, safety is first, but these guys spend a lot of time, 280-some days a year working out, doing all the things they do to get 12 opportunities to guarantee to them to play a game.
because of some type of accident, if there's some type of you know, accidental head-to-head -head contact, to have a kid lose an entire game or a half a game because of something that was not you know, malicious, personally, I would say that's when I have the bigger issues. Is that, look, these guys are trying. They're, if they're not malicious about it, let's don't take the opportunity for these guys to wait a play. Are you, as a quartet of coaches... Is that Are you concerned about creeping evidence of gambling? I got, we got, I got in, in college guys. I'm worried about is anything that something that at night. I'm worried about, about social media. I'm worried about you know their girlfriend. Yeah, we got. I got 119 I guys. I'm worried about anything oh, no, after 10 o'clock at night. I'm worried about social media. I'm worried about you know their girlfriends. Yeah, and, but, I don't want to say I'm being naive. People that are studying. I don't know that. You know, Gambling yeah, is probably on the forefront of my mind, so I kind of prefer to whatever we think is best to the people that are studying it, whether it's the FBI, I don't know. I would rather just take directive of what helps us make our game better. You guys do the best job of taking that out of because if I'm spending a whole time, a lot of time worried about gambling, I'm probably not preparing 110 kids to get better at what it is that they do. Nobody's saying just the education, education for student-athletes, the understanding uh, expectation and, and the right way to do things. And um, you know, nobody sitting on this stage has any any true voice in uh, you know, where gambling is going and, and things like that uh, across the country. But we can we can do our best, the best job possible to impact those 100, 100 uh, you know, with 117 players on our team and you know, how you're going to, to, to educate them in, in the do's and don'ts and, uh, uh, you know, obviously how they carry themselves. Those are the things. I, th I think it is added into the list of things that we've got to discuss and educate and talk about. Um, you know, I think those those are the things you want to cover and continue to cover. But um, I think, like Luke was saying, uh, I'm going to let some of the people uh, in a little bit higher position kind of worry with that right now as we're kind of approaching and going to, into it. Where I'm going to address it with our team. But there's some other things that we've got to get done too, and uh, we got to make sure that we're focused on what we've got to do each and every week. Uh, I approach this from old bogey status. I am not a user of social media. I'm going to get to the end of my life and probably never get send. Because I think it's the most dangerous four-letter word in the English language. Now forget the F word. Is the presence of social media concern about to you guys as coaches there's no doubt i mean we we spend i'm sure we all do spend a lot of time at the beginning of this fall camp uh talking about how to appropriately use social media and just being conscientious that our players you know they don't only they don't only represent themselves with what they put on their their twitter feed or whatever but they also represent us they represent our institution our football program uh and just uh you know being conscientious about how they betray uh, us to the world uh, because as soon as you put it out there it's out there and you know in times when you're frustrated or upset about something you know you've got to be really thoughtful about you know what you want to say and probably not say anything at all at those times camera phone and all those things that you know, so it's always a difficult thing. I, um, it's not going away. I try to use it. I don't just mean social media. I mean even the camera phone and all those things that you know 
news. There's so many positive things about social media and how they get information and instantly because I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are not something that's being filmed, something that you say, this is who you are. You got to be conscious that, you know, everybody's going to evaluate you based on your actions because they see everything and then the things that you ultimately say. Positive as possible, say this is your conscience, whether it's something that's being filmed, something that you say, this is who you are. You've got to be conscious that, you know, everybody's going to evaluate you based on your actions because they see everything and the things that you ultimately say. I think there's a lot of a lot of different things for your student athletes. You know, it adds to the pressure of what their experience is. And, uh, on social media, they are now open access. And, you know, whether it's people tagging them after after a, a great game or if they come up short, you'll be able to handle that uh, you know, at, a, at a whole different level than, than what it has been in the past. It does create a, a different dynamic. And you've got to, you've got to kind of bring your guys along and understanding as well that not everything you read on social media is true and so what do you want to what do you want your message to be how do you want that to be that, be, that, be, that to be perceived and then good thing that's gonna happen on social media i mean what these coaches are saying look see uh, anybody that, that, that those players you got to have common courtesy and also common sense and not put anything stupid on that because everybody will read it Everybody in the whole whole well, United States and see, um, across the world will read what you um what you uh, put on social media. The thing is, it's common sense. Use it wisely. Don't use it in a ineffective way where a lot of people. And I mean, a lot of people. I use social media to do these broadcasts. I mean, the but that's is, the only way I can do, do these shows is through use social media. But don't use I use this in a positive way. way. I don't use this in a negative a way. People, so that's why and I mean, they have to have more education about the use of social media. I mean, because, look, the only way I can anybody can come on their page, and whether it's a but troll, whether I it's a friend or whatever, and say something way. about that player, so that's why and it's going to get um, they, they have to have uh, blown out of contents. That's what is going to uh, happen. So my advice to these players come on their page is strongly use it wisely friend and have and common sense and restraint. Player, and so uh, we'll go back to um, the uh, conference uh, media day roundtable part happen. two. So uh, with the um, first four coaches, so let's go ahead and um, use it uh, see what uh, they were saying. And have common sense and restraint. Also understanding that people so, that, that uh, we'll might reach out to, to um, you, you know, they, the, uh, they don't necessarily have your best intentions in mind, and you know, they're just looking for, uh, for the reaction. And uh, so it's, a, it's definitely a challenge to be an 18 to 22-year-old playing this game on a, on a national scale uh, because there's so many people that can come at you. Also understanding that people that that might reach out to you, you know, they don't they don't necessarily have your best intentions in mind, and you know they're just looking for for the reaction. And uh, so it's a it, it's definitely a challenge to be an 18 to 22 year old playing this game on a on a national scale uh, because there's so many people that can come at you. Somebody's got a camera on them. And yeah, I, th I think these guys all re represented that question pretty well. Um, so you know, you might look at it from a different perspective. You know, when our guys are they're 
on campus, they're out, uh, having lunch somewhere, having dinner somewhere. You got to remember that everybody's got a camera on them. Put stuff out there. It's not just what you put on social media, but it's what somebody else can put on social media about you. You're talking about, and so it's all about representing yourself and your family and, and our family uh, from a university standpoint in the right way, uh, and making sure that thoughtful uh, about as you put stuff out there, you know it's going to be there forever. It's going to come back and. You uh, see it every year, whether you're talking about the draft, uh, you're talking about something going on in baseball, something that happened back when you were in high school. Uh, those things don't go away, and uh, it's going to be part of you. you got to be very thoughtful about what you put out. Uh, a question for all of you again. Uh, there are certain expectations of a student-athlete when he enrolls in the university. Uh, the pursuit of an education being most prominent. Uh, I'm just curious if there is a, an answer to what obligations does the university have toward that student athlete, if any. Do you nurture him or her toward the pursuit of, uh, of a degree, or do you kind of let them swim as they, as they must? I think, I mean, absolutely, that's that's our obligation, is to make sure that every every student-athlete that comes into our, into our university or our program, uh, you know, is, is in a, uh, has a daily focus of growth, growth academically, growth socially, uh, you know, being able to, to at, at the end, you know, be able to walk across that stage and, and give themselves an opportunity to change their lives with, with a college degree in hand. With NCAA and a lot of eligibility, you know, things that have been put in place that, that assist in the way, but, but it's also you know, trying to achieve at an elite level, and that's something that uh, you know I think when you look around our conference, you know, our coaches, they've all done a, a great job of that, but uh, you know, we definitely have an obligation to make sure that when somebody comes into our program that we see them leave, uh, what, you know, and however long that takes, you know, three years, four years, five years, uh, to, to, to have that college degree in hand. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you look at us recruiting, I mean, in recruiting, it's all about relationships with the student athletes, the prospects, and their families. And so when, you know, when we take a young man, he signs with us, and I think we are obligated. I mean, I think we're making a commitment to the parents that, you know, we're going to take care of their sons the way, you know, they would expect them to be taken care of. And, you know, for me, you know, it's uh, just like Mike just mentioned. I mean, it's not it's not just academically. I mean, it's socially and football. It's those all three areas. And so, um, you know, it's our responsibility to help them achieve their dreams and their goals. You know, that's our job. So, you know, for me, on, on a daily basis, you know, we're not their parents, but you know, you talk to a degree, you're taking that role, uh, you know, at our institution. So, uh, to me, it's very important when you join our family that you graduate and you achieve what you dream to achieve of. Become your sons and you are responsible for it. You know, for me, um, as we and look for the future, you know, you talk about family, and uh, it's, it's really big around our place, just like it is, I'm sure, around everybody's, but, you know, as these young men come in within your program, they become part of your family, they become your sons, and you are responsible for it. As we, as we prepare and look for the future here, we're always talking about, I know your number one dream right now is to go play in the NFL, but we're not going to have a, a one and a two. Getting your degree is going to be right up there at the top of the day, and we've got to make sure that we're in daily pursuit of that, and we're going to hold you accountable to that, and we want our parents to be involved in that process as well. So as we go through this journey of getting our degree, 
uh, we're all going to go hand in hand and we're going to make sure that we get that done because at the end of the day, uh, that's what you came to college for and that's what's going to set you apart and you may be the first one in your family to ever have the opportunity to do that. Uh, but I know you guys as coaches understand the desire the rights to your student athletes uh, to monetize their Any ideas about how to do is, that? Should they somehow? I don't, I don't have any, any idea how to go about this. With college football but I know there was a lawsuit uh, amateurs. And uh, claiming I don't think the, anybody the rights to see your own self-image or any ideas about how to do that? Uh, I mean, I think that's uh, that's one of the the great the great challenges with with college football because you know as, as these young men they are amateurs and uh, I don't think anybody wants to see bad uh, game collegiate athletes become professionals because there's a lot of different dynamics that come with that. Uh, you know, we we offer scholarships, we provide uh, education, support. Uh, you know, I want to see these student athletes get everything that they can, um, but I still want them to be amateurs because when you sit there and if you have a bad game or if you have a bad season, uh, when you become a professional, there's you get fired. And I don't think I don't think that's something that uh, you know. At the end of the day, these guys are out, but you you also want them to, to maintain maintain that amateur status because I just think there's a whole lot of uh, other factors that that come into making them the positive way I try to use it as positive as possible to say this is your conscience going to be ups there's going to be downs there's going to be things that um, you help them grow through the process but you know to be able to provide them with the resources necessary to, to, to get an education to live to, to live a, a life where they can if they need to travel if they need to, you know things to be taken care of I'm, I'm all about but you, know, you also want them to, to maintain maintain that amateur status because I just think there's a whole lot of uh, other factors that that come into the other thing is like you know making them professional fairly sometimes with your your likeness I've always kind of held I tell them, you don't kind of firm to it a little bit of money of a believing that I think college as a college student you're supposed to struggle a little bit I don't know what your likeness is going to give you while you're in there but the idea that you're supposed to struggle as an 18 to 22 year old you've got people around you you've got a structure around you that's going to help you grow those challenging times whether it's not having enough money to do some little things things that I think is what really gives you an opportunity to be successful in the long run. The other thing is, I believe, and again, we're talking monetarily sometimes with your your likeness and your image. I tell them, if you don't learn how to manage a little bit of money, you sure as hell are going to have a hard time managing a lot of money. And your ability to learn that in a three, four, five-year period, I think, is what's going to set you up for the rest of your life. And if you take care of that, all the universities that we're from are going to, in the long run, take care of those guys. Yeah, I just think that uh, a couple of things that uh, Mike and Luke both mentioned, you know, I think you got to be careful with opening Pandora's box because I think... Once you open it, you know, you, you think, well, this is the only thing you're going to get, but there's going to be a lot of side consequences that go along with it. And I don't think any of us want to see uh, college athletics go down that road. And so uh, I would like to see us maybe find ways to help the student athletes out more in other ways, um, you know, or maybe the families with, 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 with travel or stuff. I know they've, they've done some things with the bowl games and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, they've, to a degree, you know, Getting an education. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Uh, like I said, they're being taken care of in every way possible. Uh, you know, the cost of a ten stipend right. is a significant, to, um, uh, you know, 
know, help to them. So uh, I think that it's, uh, it's a pretty good deal with them remaining amateurs in the current setting. All right. Thank you guys very much. And also you try Good luck this year. All of you. I hope you all go no. There is ways. There are ways. Yeah, I'm going to say so, this, like I said. Um, that's my take on they're gonna it. They're going to have some struggles tonight, in college. I will have the uh, next um, coach's roundtable. Um, It'll be um, number three. Um, this is the uh, last one for so tonight. You might, and we'll um, kind of wrap it up for tonight. So it's getting uh, about like 930. That. So it's been an hour and 41 minutes. So let me go ahead and switch this over. There is ways you can um, overcome those um, options. There are ways. Houston and Charlie Strong so, from USF. Uh, uh, let's take, as we have uh, other, tonight, other uh, coaches. Have the, uh, next, uh, Randy, uh, would you tell us what student athletes you brought with you to media days? Yes, I have Matt Pert, our right tackle, who's a captain for us, Luke Magliosi, our Australian hunter, Eli Thomas, linebacker, and Donovan Williams, tight end. Sonny Dykes from SMU, Dana Holgerson from the University of Houston, and Charlie Strong from USF. Uh, let's begin as we have with the other other uh, coaches. Uh, Randy, would you tell us what student athletes you brought with you to media days? Uh, yes, uh, I have uh, Matt Perk, our uh, right tackle, uh, who's a captain for us, Luke Magliosi, our Australian uh, punter, uh, Eli Thomas, uh, linebacker, and Donovan Williams, tight end. Sonny? I brought uh, Richard Moore, linebacker, uh, Hayden Howerton, uh, our center, started a lot of games, and Rodney Clements is safety, who has uh, been a really good player for us as well. Uh, yeah, we have an Australian punter too. <laughs> don't they all? <laughs> if you don't, you should. All right, so Dane Roy, uh, I, can't, he's, I don't know if he's, he's running around here somewhere. Uh, Briar quarterback, uh, Derek King, uh, left tackle Josh Jones, and then Big Flim, Big Flim over there uh, is in the house as well. Charlie? I brought with me Blake Bournette, our quarterback, uh, Greg Reese, our outside linebacker, Kurt Livingstone, I think he's outside there, and Mitch Wilcox, our tight end. Okay. Uh, let's uh, begin this session as we did the others. Uh, safety is in this board very much on everybody's mind these days. And obviously, the, the evidence of CTE is a part of the reason that we're also concerned about. But beyond that. Uh, I'm just wondering, is this game as safe as can be expected right now? Randy, we'll start with you. Um, I think it is, because I think you got a bunch of coaches that teach the right fundamentals and the techniques and understand what the game is all about, and um, I think people are smarter. You know, of course, you're always going to have injuries because of kids are getting bigger, faster, and stronger. But I think for the most part that uh, coaches do a really good job at this level of teaching the proper way to uh, do things, and um, so I think it, I think it is pretty safe. You know, not only on Saturday for the targeting rules and all. Yeah, I mean, I, I echo. A lot of what Randy said. I mean, I think that, that um, I mean, the game to me seems like it gets safer and safer every year. And I think that, um, you know, I think for many years when you go back and you look at injuries that occurred in, in college football, a lot of them occurred in practice. And I think that, you know, so many of the coaches now have developed different styles of, of, of practice where 
You know, there's not as many full-speed collisions as there once was, and, and, um, and so I think coaches as a whole do a better job of, of taking care of their players, you know, not only on Saturdays with the targeting rules and all the things that they're doing, but, but you know, Monday through Friday and just the way that we practice and, and um, you know, and, and the emphasis on fundamentals and certainly some of the rule changes uh, have been uh, implemented, you know, to, to make the game safer. So I, I think it's certainly headed the right direction. Uh, Vern, we don't, we don't really talk about it injuries very much, honestly. I mean, you got you, you got to assume the risk. You know, in this in this great game of football, you got to kind of assume the risk. If you're going to strap it up and play, then that's always going to be something that could potentially happen, but you can't focus on that. If you focus on that, then it's going to uh, and it's probably going to get you, but um, you know, it, it, the way we practice is different, and I think it's safe. The way we uh, the way we teach the game you know, I think is, uh, is very safe as well. Previous sessions. Charlie? And I say what they say, Byron, it's all, we all, it's all about safety, but, you know, he's, uh, we're doing a, um, yesterday, a podcast, and it was, I think it's got to start in the middle school and the high school, where the safety, where we got to teach them, whether they come to the clinics and where we teach them. Proximity when you do go make a tackle, then it was close where you get a guy down, but that lesson off. Because it's a lot of times it's so close to proximity when you do go make a tackle, then it was close where you get a guy down, but that the kickoff it still seems to be a problem. And even though we move guys up and you don't give them the running head start, but but once they, you know when a guy takes off and then nobody's and then some guys are going to miss a block and there's going to be a big collision and then when that happens, you hate to see it happen, but when it does, and, you know, for some guys, they're not protected. I mean, they're, they're making... I wish I'd hurry up and get rid of it, because it's going to happen at some point, right? I mean, that's where it's at. Would you like to see it? Uh, I mean, they're going to do it, so go ahead and do it. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're making they're making changes with the rules the way it is right now. I mean, we're going to follow the suit of what the NFL does, so um, they're going to do it. I wish I'd hurry up and do it. How about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, first of all, I think it is one of the most exciting plays in football. You know, there's nothing more exciting than than a kickoff return. You know, just in terms of just watching the game and, and people watching. I think that's why maybe they've been a little slow to. to to change it, but I echo what Dana said. I mean, I think at some point they're just going to stick the ball to the 25 yard line and yeah, or the 20 and play football. And so, you know, uh, um, it is. Uh, I'd hate to see it go, but I certainly understand I'd hate why. To see it do that because, like I said, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I would hate to see. I think it's going to happen in terms of what Dana said is that they're probably going to take it away, but I'd hate to see him do that because, like I said, I think that that's a skill that now you're taking an opportunity away from a young man that has that kind of ability to do something, and, you know, like I said, there's other ways you get hurt, too, so I'd hate to see him eliminate it because, like I said, I think there's special people that have a knack for being able to make big plays in the return game that you'd hate to see that taken away. On both sides of the ball, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, targeting their degrees of interpretation. Seems it's always a topic for discussion. Uh, is it fairly administered? Because I think are there degrees of interpretation that you bother you or another uh, say an offensive player uh, lowers his? It bothers me.
because I think there's uh, sometimes it's unavoidable. And uh, another, uh, say, an offensive player goes and lowers his head, and the defensive player has his head lowered and goes in, and it feels like maybe, and with replay and all those sort of things, I get the safety part of it, but I think there's got to be a better way, and I think that. Uh, some of it, uh, I think people well, overreact to some of these things and make changes that really don't need to be made. Defense and there goes a crossing route and the defense is coming up to go make the hit. The receiver drops. Well, it does. Sometimes it is a judgment call. Like Randy said, you sit there on defense and there goes a crossing route and the defensive guy is coming up to go make the hit. The receiver drops his head and he drops it. It's a collision. And now all of a sudden we got to go back to replay. They have to look at it. And, and the penalty, you're going to get assessed a penalty no matter what. And, and they may say, hey, you know what, he can continue on, or it wasn't a uh, targeting call. But still the penalty is going to be assessed to the defense or whoever. But, but I, um, you know, it is avoidable sometimes. And it is a, and, you, and it goes back to safety. And we want to protect everyone. But still, though, it's it's one of those calls that is it's tough on an official. And we get upset said as head coaches because we, we we're looking at it like hey, you could have called it I do think we I do think that we understand it better now than we did five years ago like five years ago is a real problem I do think we understand it a little bit better and we understand why the rule is in place um, I think this blindside block situation is going to be you know, challenging as well from a coaching perspective. We're going to have to coach it, you know, so uh, it, it's, it's, we understand the intent of the rule and, and we're going to do what we need to do. Uh, social media. Of your young do you have rules and regulations that you have in place for is that something, um, not, not monitoring, but being aware <laughs> of your young student athletes and how they use social media? Well, you know I used to say is that something? All, all my guys are on it right now. They're all four on it. You know what I used to say? I'm sorry, sorry, Sonny. I said it's the downfall of society. I mean, well, that's young people's weight now. I mean, it's all they do. You, you walk in, you can walk in the locker room. It can be seven guys sitting there, and they're not communicating at all. They got their phone out, and they just they're texting. They're texting somebody. They may be texting the guy down the end instead of them having a lot of communication. It's, I mean, just looking at the phone, it's like wow. When my player does it affect? The way you interact with your players. You know, I get upset when my players will text me rather than call me. Things because I'd rather hear their voice, you know, and I think there's more to it than learning to communicate with people as opposed to typing things, you know, as far as social media. I don't have any rules with our players other than the fact is make sure before you hit send, you understand what you're sending, you know, and don't do it in the heat of the moment. Because, again, I think it's all part of the growing up process, you know, in terms of developing young people. You know, you got to trust them. You know, you tell them what you want. you got to trust them. And then if they do something, said, you know, I tried to tell you, now we got to hold you accountable. I think it's a big part of your life. But I think, as Charlie said, I think it's um, it's really taken away the development of, of young people. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a big part of young people's lives, and whether we like it or not, 
whether it's good form or not, it's, it's there and it exists. And our job is to educate, you know, educate young people and teach them how to use it as a tool. Because I do think that, that if somebody uses it the right way, a young person uses it the right way, they can create a brand for themselves. So that when they're done playing football, you know, that, that I mean, ultimately what these guys are all doing is they're they're preparing themselves for their life when they're done with football. And, and if they're smart, they can utilize social media to create a brand that somebody's going to want to hire them if they're smart about what they do and how what they what they choose and who they choose to follow and what they choose to retweet. And so, I mean, I think you have to look at it as an opportunity, even though it drives me nuts, you know, like it does everybody else. How about you, Dan? But, but, you know, our job is to teach young people how to use it as a tool. I'm just watching the guys. <laughs> Every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Dan? I tell you, you got to educate them, just like Sonny said. You can't take it from them. I remember, uh, ten years ago, you could take it from them. You can't now. I mean, if you say delete that account, they just come up with another account. You know, or you know, guys used to take their phones on Friday night, right? And then they just pull their iPad out or their second phone, and then they're good to go. So you're not gonna you're not gonna take it from them, but uh, yes, you got to educate them on, on on how to do it right. Is that tough though? Uh, uh, they, yeah, everything's tough. Okay. Well, it's tough because they have their phones, and a lot of times you're not really following them, and they're gonna. It's like what Randy was talking about earlier: is who they follow, it's, it's how you educate them. But still, that's their way of life now, and that's the way they communicate with one another. And they drive like him; it drives me nuts. But it's, you can say it. The best thing to do is probably hey, if you need something, just call me. Don't text me; just call me and let's communicate. Well, you know, at that time, and he gets it on his phone, and somebody had, re had tweeted players so and so, but he retweeted. Uh, within a halftime, one of my players go in at halftime, and he gets it on his phone, and somebody had, re had tweeted, and you see that player so and so, but he retweeted it during the game. During the halftime, I was like, wow, I know this didn't just happen, but. <laughs> it was there. Yeah, it is a reality. I, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm, I'm beyond old funkydom. But I remember the, the most perilous four-letter word in the English language begin with F. Not anymore. Now it's S-E-N-D. And you punch that puppy and it's gone. Uh, are you concerned, and, and I know that ESPN, the voice of college football, uh, has made a decision, I think in the last year, that they are going to mention gambling odds and their coverage it, you know, it's, of it's games. tough to be a coach. Is that a danger or concern yeah, of yours as a coach? All the, all the issues and then... All the it, it, you know, it's, it's tough to be a coach that we have nowadays. You bet, because of all the all the issues and then all the responsibility that we have placed on us from the NCAA with head coach responsibility, and all these rules are made because but the head coaches and again the best thing that I can do consulted is we're all and so we have to abide by that, and all we can do is educate our our people our players and if something goes wrong then we gotta what we have to do is take the role of being a coach and now hold them accountable